I want to talk um, a little bit about it and other very important things in what I have called here today for us a message just because. That's a very creative title, right? A message just because. We're reading the Parsha that is called Ekev. Does anyone know what one of the many meetings of Ekev is? Reward is one. Because is another one. Heal, H-E-E-L, is another one. There's one that draws from the concept of heal. Yaakov contains that root, Ekev, but he was called grasping the heel, right? Ekev, there's another version of Ekev, a translation, an interpretation that says it means in the end, just like the heel is in the end of the body. But our message has to do with Ekev in its simplest meaning, just because. And it begins with um, this chapter in Deuteronomy 7. That's where the Torah portion is this week. And it shall come to pass, because you listen to these ordinances and keep and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep with thee the covenant and the mercy which he swore unto the fathers. It's been a good week for me. I've had a lot of time to really invest and study in the Parsha and and pray. And my prayer, Avinu Shabashamayim, my prayer, is that these words will pass from me into the hearts of the congregation of Nachamu Ami and make a difference in the way that we live for us, for you, for the kingdom. The portion today has a theme, one of many themes, but one of the particular themes of the portion is testing. Testing. God-type testing, which we've talked about many times. How many messages have you heard, not just here, but anywhere, about testing and how it's good for you and how we don't like it, but, you know, just shut up and go through it because it's good for you? Well, we've talked about that too, but something bothers me. As we read in the portion in chapter 8, verse 2, it says, And you shall remember the entire way on which the Lord your God led you these 40 years in the desert, in order to afflict you, to test you, to know what is in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. I don't like that. Because here's my first question. God, couldn't you already know? What's in my heart and whether or not I'm going to listen to you? Why did you really need to test or afflict me? Strike one. I don't like that. In 8.16 it says, Who fed you in the wilderness with manna which your fathers had never known in order to test you by hardships only to benefit you in the end. Okay, I can go with that. Test me to benefit me in the end. But apparently as the test, the text continues... The testing didn't actually benefit us in the end because we didn't do it. We didn't do well. We were considered still stiff-necked. And God gives us this uplifting word. It's not because of your virtues and your integrity that you will be able to possess their country, but it is because of their wickedness that the Lord is dispossessing those nations before you. 
And in order to fulfill the oath that the Lord made to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So you gave us a test which was good for us in the end, but we failed the test. And as you should have already known, I might add, we now had to rely on the merit of someone else to go into the promised land. Our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Strike two. I don't like that. And furthermore, the portion, as we've said, is called a kev, meaning simply because. And it will be because you will heed these ordinances and keep them and perform them that the Lord your God will keep for you the covenant and the kindness he swore to your forefathers. And he will love you and bless you and multiply you. He will bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your soil, your grain, your wine, your oil, the offspring of your cattle and the choice of your flocks and the land which he swore to your forefathers to give you. You shall be blessed above all people. First off, I know a lot of people trying to live these commandments who are not blessed above all people. Now that's somewhat dependent on your blessing definition, but, and furthermore, and more importantly, I know a lot of people who are not trying to live these commandments who are blessed above a lot of people who are. Strike three, I don't like this, God. So I have a problem. What's the deal with the test, God? I don't think I like the results of the test that you gave in the wilderness. I'm not sure if I like the results of the test that is still going on today when I look out here in this congregation at these Messianic believers and realize that you're still testing us. Not necessarily, I'm not talking about the quote, easy tests, illness, hardship, finances. Everybody has those. You don't have to be a believer in God to have those. I'm talking about like you're giving us the same test that you gave them in the wilderness. You've called us to follow the Torah. You've opened our eyes to see something that many people don't see. You've called us to that. But yet, I feel sometimes in order to afflict us, to test us, to know what is in our heart, whether we should keep commandments or not. So ladies and gentlemen, why do we do this? Do we really need a test? Do we really need to be tested as to whether or not we're going to follow God's commandments? I mean, Yeshua passed the test with flying colors and we're good to go. I mean, we don't need to do anything. We're just going to fall away anyway. You ever heard that? Don't even try it. James says, if you fail in one, you failed in all of them, so don't even try it. So why should I be tested to follow Torah when everyone knows I'm just going to stink at it anyway? Why should I do what's in your word here, God? Why should I model myself after the people of Israel who, who heard these promises and, and did try to do it? Why should I do that? Wouldn't it be easier to go back? Just imagine, just imagine. To freedom. We could do what we want to do on Saturday. 
We could mow the grass on Saturday and edge on Sunday. We could wash the car. All the kids could play sports on Saturday because who cares about the Shabbat? We could do anything. We could go out to eat on Shabbat because who cares about spending money on Shabbat? And when we got there, we could get a meat lover's pizza, (laughs) bacon, ham, Italian sausage, shrimp. I'll put crawfish on mine. I don't care. We could engage with the rest of the world in the celebration of popular holidays. My kids wouldn't have to feel like outcasts at school because we don't have an evergreen tree in our dining room, living room, and bedroom, and outside, and on the roof, and on the chimney just in case he shows up. And we could have and maintain this very narrow, safe interpretation of Scripture where everything just perfectly fits, but it doesn't fit. I don't care. Somebody told me it does, and it does for me. We could unhitch ourselves from the Old Testament. I mean, why do we do this? Why do we need a test? Why do we need to do what? Why, why do we need to hear these words? Why do we subject ourselves? Like, as I said in just in the introduction a minute ago, studying the Bible, like investing hours, hours. They were at Torah study. I was not last week. They were at Torah study till 5 p.m. or late, 6 p.m. Hours. David's been studying. Darren, Lance, Mike Hood, a lot, and a lot of you, a lot of you have been attending Torah studies that meet for hours at a time, studying, studying, internalizing, applying. Oh yeah, and by the way, we're not just going to study it, we're actually going to try to live it. We're going to take these words and actually try to apply commandments to our lives and live them. Why do we need this? This, this, this testing. God giving us in the Messianic synagogue this awareness of Torah and knowing we're going to not be good at it and, and, and waiting to see if we're going to respond to your commandments, I don't like it. Why do we do it? Ekev. We do it because. Because Why? That's not an answer. Your kids tell you that, right? I want to. You can't. Why? Because. Because why? Because I said so. But, that, but why? Because. But that's not an answer. Why do we do it? Akev. Because. Because why? Okay, I'll tell you. So I was praying this week, praying Shakrit. Shakrit is long. Shakrit, morning prayer, right? So you wake up and you, you get started in the Siddur. It's long. It's a good, invested, heart-filled, kavanah, you know, attitude of worship, connection, kavanah, shakri, two hours. I mean, reading through it, it's long. And there's parts, a lot of parts, a lot of times that I skip over. Because unfortunately, I'm, I, I'm just not at the level of piety, I guess. But there's this one part that I skip over quite often. 
Uh, that is the Akedah. You know the Akedah? The binding of Isaac. And we find the Akedah in the prayers. It's early on in the beginning. Uh, the binding of Isaac every day. Every day we read it. If, if you choose to read it. And quite often, I don't choose to read it. Why? I know the story. I've read the story. Got things to do, God. But in light of this week's portion, where multiple times we're hearing of Abraham, we're hearing of the merit of the fathers, I thought I'd read it. I thought I'd just, okay, God, here, I'll read it. I read the prayer that, that, that opens the reading. I read the passage. I read the concluding prayers. And you know what? I really understood something. What it communicated to me was important, and I wasn't expecting it. And so here's a question. How did we enter the land? How did we get into the land in our Porsche? Well, I can, in our Porsche, our Porsche. There we go. That's prosperity teaching for you, brother. Going to the land in a Porsche. Now, how did we get in? I can tell you how we didn't get in. Moses, and I've already quoted it. Moses told us, right? Not because of your virtues and your integrity you'll be able to possess their country, but it's because of their wickedness that the Lord your God is dispossessing those nations before you. And in order to fulfill the oath that the Lord made to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and in order to fulfill the oath that I made. So this is not a good thing. It's not that we're good that got us in. It's that they're so incredibly horrible that we're the lesser of two evils. That is not the pass that you really want to get something. If it has to be you because they're so bad, fine, so be it. But it says, and, and in order to fulfill the oath that the Lord made to your fathers. And Moses says, they're, oh, I'm sorry, because of them. But what specifically, Abraham in particular, because we're reading the Akedah, we're reading about Abraham, what specifically in their merit allows us to enter? Abraham's test. And the Midrash, the sages tell us that there are 10 tests that Abraham passed, but the last and final and most significant, you can imagine which one it is. The one where God says, kill your son. But it is Abraham's test and the demonstration that he gave to his kids that made them be who they are. Their, his whole thing, our entrance into the promised land hinged on him passing the test. And he understood that all that God has done for me, I will do all that he asks of me, right? And there are a ton of messages about Abraham's faithfulness, but I'm talking about Abraham's test. It's a big deal what he did, a very big deal. We've heard it so much that we gloss over it, and I know I do, hence the fact that I don't read the Akedah every day. But obviously from this, this portion just what we read in this week's portion. We should be aware of it and why it's in the prayers every day. Why is it in the prayers every day? 
I'll tell you why. But why does this matter? Here's what it says. The opening verse, why do the patriarchs matter so much? Because they got us in. Well, Yeshua did. I know that. But they got it started. Yeshua is getting us in. They got us in. Abraham in particular. And it says in verse 12, if you obey these rules and observe them carefully, the Lord your God will maintain faithfully for you the covenant he made on oath with your fathers. Verse 818, remember that is the Lord your God who gives you the power to get wealth and fulfillment of the covenant that he made on oath with your fathers. You're getting money because of Abraham. You're getting into the promised land because of Abraham. It is not because of your virtues. We already read that one that you'll be able to possess, but it's because they're so bad and because of Abraham. Here's the prayer that comes before the reading of the Akedah every day. Our God and God of our ancestors, remember us with a favorable memory and recall us with the remembrance of salvation and compassion from the highest of high heavens. Remember, Lord our God, on our behalf, the love of the ancients, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, the covenant, the loving kindness, and the oath you swore to Abraham, our father, on Mount Moriah, and the binding when he bound Isaac, his son, on the altar, as it is written in your Torah. Every day, remember his test. Remember what his test meant for you. Remember, for our sake, the patriarchs, that Abraham in particular passed the test. Why do I need to know that every day? Because it reminds me of of my imperfection, maybe, that salvation is not on my merit, because it makes me grateful for Abraham, that I'm a child of Abraham, maybe, sure, because, Ekev, it reminds me, it reminds us that the tests are important. We read in the Haftorah this week, it says in these prophets, uh, I mean, in the uh, consolation Haftorot from Isaiah 49, we read something else about Abraham, if I can find it. It says... Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. Look unto the rock whence you were hewn, and to the hole of the pit whence you were digged. This is some good English here. Old English. Look unto Abraham your father, and unto Sarah who bore you. For when he was but one, I called him, and I blessed him, and made him many. This reminds me that you never know what your test is going to bear. Your test is not necessarily just for you. As a matter of fact, it's probably not just for you. But that the rewards of faithfully facing a test, it has merit beyond this world. But in light of this portion particularly, and God, why do you, why should I do this? Why do you put these tests on me? Why do you want me to live like this? Why do you, why do you call me to obedience in your Torah? where you're in this portion testing them left and right and calling to pass the test and be this. And I I realize by reading that that how we respond matters so much. 
Because what if he said no? Well, then someone else will come along. I don't know that. This is just all I know. What if he said no? How we respond? What, with, what, what is the ultimate test that Abraham is facing? He had to kill his son. No, he had to trust God. That's the question. That's the test. That's what you need to be reminded of every day when you start to pray. What is the point of going through a long and elaborate prayer process if you're not even really trusting the one? If you're not even really believing that no matter what comes, hell or high water, he's going to carry you through it. Abraham knew that. Yeshua knew that. Do you trust me? That's what the test is. That's what the test for Israel is in this portion. That's what the test is for you. Do you trust me when everybody says to you, why do you do that, you legalistic jerk? Why do you worship on Saturday? Why do you do this? Why do you do that? Because I trust God. You think you're holier than me? No, it has nothing to do with you. God has given me these tests. He's called me. He's given me opportunities to observe his mitzvot. And he is asking me, are you going to do the things that I've called you to do? The Torah itself is a test of your faith. Do you realize that? It's God's word. Yeah. How many people are doing great at living it out? How many people find it so much easier to just say that's done away with? I don't need that. Jesus did everything. I don't need to do anything. And if I did, I'd fail. It's a miserable effort. I'm just going to cut my grassy pepperoni pizza on Shabbat. because they're not willing to take the test. This is hard what we do. Anybody agree with that? It's hard. The hardest part for me is that had I never veered away and I've shared with you this, I've shared this, it's not the hardest thing, it's a hard thing. Had I never veered away from the commandments, having grown up in a Jewish home, never tasting swine, had I never veered away from the commandment, then today I would not be challenged by swine. And I am challenged by bacon. I lay myself here before you and admit it. When I smell it, I want to eat it. When I hear the term low country boil, I want to shove mud bugs into my mouth. This is what veering from Torah does. You eat things that live under rocks. It's not good. This is hard. <laughs> you shall know in your heart, 8.5 says, that just as a man chastises his son, so does the Lord your God chastise you. I don't like that either. But I accept it. And you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to go in His ways and to fear Him. Do you see how that's connected? It's not really connected, but I'm connecting it that way for us. 
living as believers where everyone tells you that you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that, and if it has to do with the Torah, it's not good. I don't look at the Torah as a punishment. I don't look at it as a burden. I don't look at it as anything like that. But unfortunately, at times, I do see it as a difficulty. I do see it as a test. And sometimes I feel like God is testing me and chastising me with the Torah. That's ridiculous, Damien. Will you try it? You tell me how easy it is. But he says, chastisements for your own good and you shall follow my commandments. And then he gives this long list of blessings. And some of those are for later. And we don't do the Torah really, do the Torah. We don't observe the Torah for the reward. But there is one, right? And because God is gracious, He has provided test takers like Abraham, like Yeshua, who passed with flying colors so that the stiff-necked, the stiff-necked, not good test takers, which is us at times, have the merit of others to fall upon. And so to that prayer, from the, from the Siddur, which calls the Jewish people are calling on the merit of Abraham, and that's fine. I have no problem with it. I call on the merit of Abraham. But I added this. And remember, Lord our God, on our behalf, the binding of your son. As he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Why is that in there? Why is that in there? It's to remind you that those who've gone before you have made a way. Never forget it. Honor them. But it's to remind you as well, you are not excused from the test. And to leave the test, to abandon the test, I'm just going to say it. You're a quitter. If you're not willing for God, for Abraham, for Yeshua, if you're not willing to put yourself through a little bit of hardship to apply His Word, which He promises is full of blessing, and you've created some theological workaround based on people who didn't even understand Judaism's understanding of the words of the Bible, It doesn't work. Abraham wouldn't do that. And Yeshua wouldn't do it. And God didn't want Israel to do it in Akev. And he doesn't want us to do it. Can you imagine not struggling with the test? Sure I can, man. Pepperoni pizza, cutting the grass on Shabbat. Can you honestly imagine throwing in the towel, not waking up every morning saying, God, I'm going to give it my best. 
but I'm going to give it something. Well, how can you be so critical of people? They do all kinds of great things for the kingdom. Of course they do. I'm not being critical of people that way. But there's a lot more than just being a good person. But it's legalism, man. You're going you're gonna, to, you're gonna, like, you want us to become robots that, that, no, I want you to live in a world called the small wins world. I'm reading this book called The Power of Habit. It's a really good book. I talked to Dr. Brionis. I love having a, psych, a psychologist in the congregation because I share my thoughts and feelings about these books and it's about habits and how parts of our brain respond to cues that we perceive will give us a reward. And in between the cue and the reward, we create a routine. And along the way, in the cue and the reward, if the routine is bad, guess what you develop? A bad habit. A bad habit. It is a bad, bad, bad habit to try to live our lives outside of this book and to try to deny the validity of this book. And what I want you to do is not become some legalistic robot. I want you to live in a world of small wins because small wins are how you change the routine. And there's all kinds of examples in this book about AA and about Tony Dungy, this football coach who, who changed his players. He, he became this amazing coach by changing the routine. Not the cue, not the reward, just the routines. And our routine is that of Abraham. Our routine is that of Yeshua. That routine that says, well, this was Moses' routine. Hineni, here I am, God. Abraham, I trust you, God. Whatever it is, I'll do it. Yeshua, your will, not mine. I may not always like it, but I'll do it. And so, my friends, the Torah is a test. And we can spend hours arguing about how we want to live it out and whether we should do this or whether we should do that. And that's all fine and good, but just do something. There is a joy in the struggle. There is joy in the struggle of, of, of being tested, of God asking you how much will you give. To see, to test our hearts, as he said, to see if you'll obey the commandments, making daily decisions to honor him in certain ways, how we eat, how we dress, how we pray, how we treat God's name, but of course, how we live. There's a prayer that follows this, and I'm going to end right here. There's a prayer that follows just after the Akedah, and it begins with these words. It says, a person should always be God-fearing privately and publicly. Acknowledging the truth and speaking in his heart, he should rise early and say, Master of all worlds, Ribon kol, ribon kol haolamim, Master of all worlds, 
not because of our righteousness do we lay our pleas before you, but because of your great compassion. And then the questions are asked. Then this writer begins to ask us to ask God these questions. Ma'anu, what are we? Ma'chayenu, what are our lives? Ma'chazdenu, what is our loving kindness? Ma'chazdenu, what is our righteousness? Ma'chazdenu, what is our salvation? And it goes on and it ends that section by saying, the preeminence of man over the animals is nothing, for all is but a fleeting breath. You turn the page. Apart from the pure soul that will one day give report before your glorious throne and all the nations are as nothing before you. And then, my favorite part, aval. You know what that word means in Hebrew? But. The nations are a drop in the bucket. What are we? What is our righteousness? What is our salvation? What is, what are we, God? Aval. Anachnu amcha, we are your people. Our tests, the way that we live our lives according to the word of God designates us as his people. That is a test worth taking. Shabbat shalom.